15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance. Protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. We get it? Is that good? We're gonna make it. Awesome. We're gonna make it Don't do that. Don't do that to me. Uh, don't, don't do that to me. Don't no. do that? Mm-hmm. No. No. As soon as I heard the the tonality in your voice, and we're gonna, ma- I was like, "There's no way this ends. <laughs> There's no way this ends well." Because it's either that or like, uh, what is that? What is that '80s song? Like, we're gonna. It was like, "We're not gonna make it." No, we're not. That was the negative version. Oh no, uh, we're not gonna take yeah, it. Take it. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. 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 None of this. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I was ready to shut that down immediately. What? I mean, I thought you would appreciate a little Laverne and Shirley, man. Uh, it's not the end of the world, but like, there are times where I do wish head. we recorded live so I could mute you and not hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often. That was one of those moments. It's one of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is, is, are you just scared that it'll get stuck in your head or you just yes, hate it that much? Very much so. Okay. Very much so. Uh, earworms are plentiful for me during the Christmas season. Yeah. Just be it's, thankful I'm not good, doing Come on Eileen, you know? Yeah, you already did. That's like, See how that's that the nuke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have I have womp, a couple womp. of nukes, but I'm going to let that die. I'll spare anyone. <laughs> I've I'll, got a nuke up my sleeve for you, my friend. I know. I know. I know you know the worst <laughs> one. It's already in my head now that you mentioned it. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 452. <laughs> Uh, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my <laughs> shaken co-host, Jason Goss. <laughs> I'm suffering. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. I like. I know the he song is. you were trying not to mention, and even by that crime of omission, I missed Laverne and Shirley already. What's the great? What, what the great thing is that though is that like even if I don't know it, just pretending I do know it is going to put a song in his head. So my revenge is complete anyway. Yeah, it would work anyway, but I feel like you really do know what uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Probably. <laughs> it's I, I it's the song that I, I explicitly said if I told the DJ that if they played this at my wedding I would leave it. Mm. What about if they played it at my wedding? 
I'll step outside and pretend I'm a smoker. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. We got a new show. We got It's sort of a new show. I guess it's a new show. What do you want to call it, Jason? Do you want to call it a new show? Or like know. a sort of a DC version of Fox and Friends? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh, but it's anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's a kind of show we're doing. A, we're doing a thing, right? And it and I it feel involves like, the news. Who? What's the Ted? What, what's the DC Comics version of Ted Koppel that's going to show up and be like, "You're what's wrong with podcasting?" <laughs> I, I don't know. Sujihara? Oh well, no. He's what's wrong with the DCEU films. No, you know what? Maybe Alan Moore that just shows up. Ooh, over and over again. Mm. The towering nah, figure you know, to say you're yeah. wrong. Alan Moore. He he dislikes everything that's not a comic book, though. He does. He's like, you're ruining the medium by putting it in a different medium. Mm-hmm. All right. Even placing it in a different medium is a deconstruction of the medium. <laughs> and then, and then just, just, to twist, just to twist the screw a little bit, uh, DC recently was like, all right, well, we're just going to make a new comic book about him. He said, no! <laughs> but it's in, in the same HBO medium, series. Alan. We're just going to reuse the characters. No. Yeah. Heaven for Finn. <laughs> I'm still angry with him that, you know, I think, what was it, the 25th anniversary, 15th anniversary, I can't remember what it was, that they were going to they were gonna put out these sweet-looking action figures for the Watchmen mm-hmm. uh, for the book. And uh, and he was, he pitched a fit, and they didn't make them. Or they didn't, put, they didn't release them. They had, like, prototypes, and they put them out in Wizard Magazine, and I was like, I'm going to get those. And then he... They didn't do it because he's a dick. <laughs> I I know I may be just inventing this narrative, and it may not be true, but to some uh-huh. extent it feels like over the past 20 or so years with, with Alan Moore, the, whoever's in charge of DC Comics in whatever form has basically had this dialogue with him. We're like, initially it was like, okay, okay, don't upset the golden goose. I mean, I know he's a little eccentric, but every now and then he's going to put out something that's just going to be like gangbusters. Uh-huh. And then that conversation has eventually devolved into like, Okay, I, that that goose is crazy. I don't give a shit anymore. Put out whatever you want. Well, it's it's basically like you know we he doesn't want his name anyway. on. He doesn't want his name on things. He doesn't you know he uses what little creative control I understood that he had at some point to say no to action figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess now that he's like taking his name off or whatever or disowned it or something, they can just do whatever the hell they want. I don't I, know exactly I mean, the legal stuff that's going on with that. but I, Again, I may be very wrong, but for me, legally it looked like he pretty much didn't have any rights. They tried to be nice to him. It didn't work out and they're like, yeah, screw that guy. Maybe. You don't have the rights to begin with. We're doing what we want. I kind of hope that's true. I mean, I don't want to be a jerk about, about Alan Moore, but dude, the you're only, being unreasonable. Yeah, the <laughs> only thing that pushed me over the edge is he's gotten to the point where he says things suck that he hasn't even watched. Yeah. I, I can't get behind that. Yeah. I, I can't. Go watch it, and then you can, you know, piss on it as much as you want. Sure. Do you think he do you, do you think he has one of those, like, metal claw things on his dick? I don't, I don't know. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? about? No. Like, you know how he, like, how he wears, like, those, like, little, like, you know how, like, the emo kids and stuff wear those, like, the goth kids wear those, like, metal claws on their hands, and they're like, I'm into the occult. I mean, and he I, also I does. He also it. wears he has that, that serpent king he's, he's apparently yeah. fond of, but I, I don't... Mm-mm. I'm not gonna make guesses about his cod pieces, right? You know, I, I just wonder That's if too he far has even like for me. See, I haven't viewed it, therefore I won't discuss like an, it. Yeah, there's a lesson, right. Alan. 
I just wonder if every time he goes to take a piss, he has to like he has like a little like knight's armor type of cod piece. That he has to like lift up the the visor. <laughs> I'm not willing to rule it out. <laughs> Says a prayer to some sort of evil deity or something. I don't know. I don't know what the I guy did, does. I think there's a snake. I, don't, I really don't. I lost track of that guy for. Oh yeah, there was a snake god that he worshipped or something. It's like a serpent there? god. Yeah. 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 It's. <sighs> you know. It's a strange world, guys. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Anyway, uh, so as you might have surmised, uh, there's apparently going to be a big old shakeup in uh, Warner Brothers in DC Films and whatnot yeah. uh, after Justice League. Uh, Brent Lang over at Variety reported on it. And I'm just going to go through the little checklist here. Apparently, Warner Brothers is... Uh, this is according to a number of sources they have, none of which are named. But uh, Warner Brothers is planning a, a big old shakeup uh, because Justice League was a box office disappointment. Uh, John Berg is going to be stepping down from running DC Films uh, in the production division. And uh, they're looking for his replacement. And he's going to become a production partner with Roy Lee, who was a produ- producer of the Lego movie and It. Why and uh, Toby Emmerich says, This is something that John approached me about six months ago, and he expressed his goal was to ultimately be a producer at the studio. I first met John when, as a producer, he bought uh, he brought Elf to New Line, which remains one of the best and most evergreen titles in the library. We're thrilled that John is partnering with Roy and anticipate their company being a valuable source of movies for Warner Brothers and New Line. Sorry, I accidentally went into, like, my Troy McClure, Phil Hartman thing from The Simpsons just because I don't believe anything Toby Emmerich says anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, everything I say is a company line. Yeah. I, that's actually what I was thinking. That's your towing the company line tool voice. Uh-huh. Because it was Hartman's. I know. <laughs> and as we've discussed in the last, last week or so, uh, Emmerich's on our shit list right now, so. Absolutely, That's he why is. he gets a special voice. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Jeff Johns is expected to continue serving as the uh, DC Entertainment Chief Executive Officer. Though it said, the article says his work, quote, may evolve. His work on the films may evolve and could be more advisory in nature. Um, so that looks like he's probably not going to have nearly as much power. Yeah. The word That's advisory, I think, is is deceptive here. It might sound like, oh, they're going to give him a step up. No. No, that means no, they're going to send him into consultant territory. It's going to be what it was on Man of Steel, where they, where like he like, comes in and sees like Zack Snyder practicing or showing Henry Cavill how to snap a neck, and he goes, "Well, wait, that's probably a bad idea." And they're like, uh-huh. "Noted." We'll Go take away, under of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So apparently, these people also say that Emmerich is weighing the idea of further integrating. DC's film operations into the studio's main movie arm, uh, which would, quote, entail putting the divisions under the same roof rather than having DC remain in a separate building on the lot. Marvel, which is owned by Disney, does operate its comic book movie division autonomously, but other studios, such as Fox and Sony, produce their superhero films under the studio's banner. Um, They're saying the DC overhaul is expected to happen in January. So... Also, they say there's, there are no immediate plans for Snyder to direct another DC movie, even though he is producing or executive producing Wonder Woman 2 and Aquaman. Yeah. Um, producer credits can be weird like that, though. They don't really mean yeah, anything. They don't necessarily. Uh, he does have a production deal with uh, Warner Brothers still, though. And uh, he might do other non-DC films. 
the article says, Time Warner is said to be frustrated that Warner Brothers leaders continue to bring the director back, especially after Batman v Superman was excoriated. It's a good word. (laughs) By critics... All right. By critics, even though it made money. They are also upset that each new DC film seems to be making less money than its predecessor. Only Wonder Woman, with its optimistic heroine, managed to be both a critical and commercial success. Um, well, I mean, creative team, whatever you, ha- whatever you have to say about the creative teams involved, but you you got to stop undercutting your creative team and making a big show of every time, like, oh, we're going to cut this, we're going to cut that, we're going to redo this, and it was not that bad. Dude, you're in the age of the internet. Stop being stupid. <laughs> we know everything. I mean, we know nothing, but we know way more than we should. We know en- we know way more than we should, i.e. enough to completely blow everything out of proportion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not us. Like, we don't believe anything anymore. <laughs> like, like we're, we are DCEU production agnostics at this point. Yeah. Even when it's being filmed, we're like, eh, it might not be. That is true. I mean, I would like <laughs> we to... We saw a set pick. I would like but... to jokingly say, like... <laughs> That we have a firm stance at DCOS, and that is we don't believe anything unless it supports our point. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't even believe that. I, I think we actually are one step back in the cynical, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it, the cynical spectrum. Um, yeah. I Everything they say at this point, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, that's cool. I'll believe you when there's a, a one-shot poster and a opening date. Right. When we I, have been accused of being on the spectrum. Yeah, many. <laughs> So many. Um, anyway. So, okay. While Ben Affleck is expected to appear as Batman in a standalone Flash movie, it is highly unlikely he will don the cape and cowl in Matt Reeves' planned standalone Batman movie. This director, uh, The director is said to want to cast the role with fresh talent, according to sources. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I guess that's a thing. I mean, that's what everybody keeps saying. All right, so apparently, according to this article, though, Warner Brothers believes that Justice League succeeded in one uh, one important uh, respect. It effectively introduced Flash, a quippy speedster played by Ezra Miller. We know the Flash, guys. Sure. And uh, and Aquaman. Uh, A solo Aquaman is due out in 2018, and Warner's is still developing a standalone Flash adventure going forward. Warner Brothers is planning a sequel to Wonder Woman that's believed to be set in the Cold War, and New Line has greenlit a Shazam feature. No mention of a cyborg film, which would go along with uh, this next bit. Uh, A a Comic-Con experience in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Warner Brothers revealed its upcoming movies slate, Mm -hmm. which everyone was like, oh, it's the official slate! Kind of. No. Every time they do this, you guys scream that it's an official slate, and... I feel like after a couple of weeks, someone from Warner Brothers always comes out and goes, well, well, tentative. Yeah, that's the problem. It is an official draft. I will yeah. fully support that idea. This is an official yeah. draft or what we think we're doing right now. But as we've it's explained like a these... million times, it changes. Yeah, it does. It like, changes. Um... Like somebody could literally go to work tomorrow. And if it's a high enough up in the chain producer, just go, you know what? I have a really good feeling about this film. We're going to greenlight it. Yeah. They literally um... have that power. Absolutely. But you know what? They began by showing uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. With uh, f- like sh- a Wonder Woman logo flanked by Roman columns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I, I've I, heard I, it was two. I, I would like to point this out. Yeah. A lot of hubbub about how it's not d- directly called Wonder Woman 2. But Dave, how many columns have you heard described? I've heard two. What's the general classification for... Uh, 
two pillars and numerals. Sounds like a Roman numeral for two. Yeah, it kind of does. So I mean, I haven't seen this, but it sure sounds like a. It sure sounds like they said Wonder Woman two and just didn't actually say it, and everyone missed it. But I don't know. I hadn't seen the actual. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the picture. I don't know. I would like to see the picture, but I'm, I've I only would. heard it described. But hearing it described, it was like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> that's it's li- right? it's not only two, but it's a reference to ancient cultures. Uh huh. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe that picture has like fifteen Roman pillars. <laughs> uh, it could be a Greek pillar. Who knows? Yeah. So initially yeah. the title card the title card for Aquaman was shown. Uh then they showed the flashpoint. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's that's still a thing. We you know, we had re- reports a couple weeks ago like, oh whether they make flashpoint just depends on whether Justice League will succeed. Well, Justice League kinda has not succeeded. I mean it made its money back, but it was not I mean what they barely wanted. Um, oh, I yeah, think just, it's like, just, just barely. It, I'm yeah, not touting it. Just, it. <laughs> I'm not well, trying so far, to tout its success. You know, so far, it's crossed. It's just it just crossed 600 yeah. million at the box office, which is at least 200 million below where they thought it would be. Which you know what, like 250 it below is where pretty, they hoped. It is pretty common that they they kind of like overreport the the numbers on these things for tax purposes. Um, and on the on the budget, mm-hmm. but also you know Tim on the Squadcast said that, and I have never heard this before, this kind of blew my mind a little bit, mm-hmm. Suicide Squadcast, if you guys want to go check that out, but I don't know, he didn't cite where he found the knowledge, or maybe I've just missed it all these years. He says that uh, some of that $300 million was some of the budget from Justice League Mortal that they tied in, like they tie in previous iterations of the movie into the current budget to get a break. That That is a real thing. Okay. <clears throat> that I is, had never that, even noticed that. That or is a mechanism that. that I have been aware of, though. Is yes, you, if you okay. if let's say you tried this movie twice and it didn't work out, and that cost you about mm-hmm. fifty hundred million dollars, something like that, you can yeah. throw it under a shell company, throw both of those budgets in there, and throw that shell company under the umbrella of the com- of the movie that actually did come out. Okay. There is no reason to think that what you're seeing in a budget is the actual budget, and that yeah, is I'm not, not a business even, guy. I don't know about all these things. That's well. I'm not either, but like that—that that made sense to me. It was like, oh yeah, we can. Of course, you can hide things under the other thing. That makes sense. Yeah, um, especially when you think you're going to kind of um, actually pay this one out. So it wouldn't—it uh-huh. su- wouldn't surprise me if the budget seems exploded because everyone threw their stuff under the Justice League umbrella and thought, no, 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 no. Not, this looks like a failure over here. But if you uh-huh. take that balance sheet and send it over that way, we're all going to be <laughs> fine. Yeah, I mean, you know. They actually were pretty deep into into production on, I mean, or in pre-production, I should say, on on Justice League Mortal. So sure, they had costumes and everything for everyone. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they had sets built. Yeah, actually, though, I haven't thought about it, but that actually makes me worry more about something like the Flash that's been through so many iterations already. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not talking whole films that have come and gone, but kind of close, right? But but you know what? So everyone That's who comes actually... and signs up for it is worried about every other version behind them. They're going to have to justify in their budget and actually achieve past that. Well, really, only in in like terms of reporting, and that makes sense. Why they why Warner Brothers has been hiking so high on all of the on all of their production dates, but you look at like updates, uh, their production numbers, mm. uh, their budget budgetary numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. um, because you look at like. Batman v Superman or whatever it is. And then you look at like a Marvel movie and you go like, wow, their budget was a lot smaller for these solo movies. Well, yeah, because Marvel's just now getting around to their first ones. 
<laughs> Warner Brothers has been tooling around with this shit for decades. <laughs> We've done DC movies that never happened. How many of how many budgets have they been shoving into these ones we that have, worked? That's a three parter. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's like a statute where you can't justify it anymore. There's got to be right, but and even even within that, I'm sure. That, but like the the funny part is like, say you're a director that comes in and was like, okay, my film made 700 million. This is great, right? And and they're like, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. Uh, it's just that we spent 500 million on it, and that doesn't involve another like 150, 175 in in marketing that we right. didn't quite tell you about because um, we make that number up as we go. So we, uh-huh. you kind of just edged it out. So we're thinking about renegotiating your contract. Well, okay, well, I'll only spent about $250 million making the entire thing, so I don't know where you're getting $500 million. Yeah, well, um, you can't prove that. Yeah. End of conversation. Studio wins. Do they, though? Do they? <laughs> Ultimately, I would like to think no, but do they win that conversation? Yes, they do. Oh, well, they win the conversation. <laughs> and yes, that guy has to renegotiate his contract. Yeah. So, yeah, they showed uh, they showed title cards for uh, Wonder Woman 2, Aquaman, Flashpoint, Justice League Dark, which was is surprising. That was that was surprising. Uh, Suicide Squad 2, Batgirl, Shazam, Green Lantern Corps, and The Batman. Now, though, it should be stated, though, should be made perfectly abundantly clear what was absent was Cyborg, Gotham City Sirens, Harley Quinn Solo, Harley the uh, the Harley and Joker team up, everything with Harley, the uh, the Deadshot solo movie, Black Adam, Deathstroke, uh the new solo the new solo uh new banner Joker movie or whatever, uh the DCEU Nightwing movie with Chris McKay and that dude's talking about casting and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um so, which means that all this stuff is not greenlit, but it's in development, and, you know, obviously, I would say, obviously? Honestly, I would say <laughs> that at least, I would say probably two of the ones that they did actually put on the slate aren't going to be made. I don't believe that a couple of them are going to be made. I don't know which ones, but I'm I, sure one of them will I would just say lot. statistically, you're probably two. right. Um, yeah. The three, the most surprising things, and again, <clears throat> this is a draft, so... Uh-huh. The three most surprising things were Justice League Dark being on the We Feel Good About It list. That's what I'm going to call this. Uh-huh. The We Feel Good About This list. And yeah. Nightwing and Black Adam not being on the We Feel Good About This list. Mm-hmm. That was surprising. But I, I keep wondering, though, because Nightwing is... I mean, he's his own character in his own right in a lot of ways, but he is so tied to Batman that I wonder uh-huh. if the tumult about the Batman and Ben Affleck in general is, at this point, throwing doubt on Nightwing. I mean, they got Batgirl up there. They do have Batgirl up there. And I wonder if that's because Joss Whedon already had a plan. Yeah. This is a guy who can walk away from anything. He kind of comes in with his dick swinging a little bit and says, yeah, that's great. Um, I'll do this, but you're going to do this for me, and I want that in writing. Yeah. They're like, what if we decide not to? He's like, I'll make it into a comic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He did the same thing with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was like, yes, I will absolutely help you out with this movie, but you're going to do a TV series. My my, uh, my boy here is going to do it, and it's going to stay on the air for at least a year. Do not. You can't pull it midseason. None of that crap. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't know about any of that. I don't. I never followed that. That was I what mean, I heard. I watched the show. That was what I heard four or five years ago. If I've misremembered something, yeah. please let me know. But oh, I don't know. But uh, I don't remember. If I could have been the one that told you, and I don't know. Yeah, actually, you might have been. But he honestly, like it, that, could be there just because of him. I can, like, I can justify Batgirl, and even without having to justify any of the small points. Like, still, the surprising part was Black Adam has. I, it's just it's just Dwayne Johnson was so excited about it, but I 
I've always been a little confused about it. like how do you do a film about that without establishing Shazam and all that and then how do you not include the two and, and all that and on top of that The Rock is busy well he's the, just you know, perpetually the, busy the way you do a Black Adam movie without actually like establishing the Shazam universe is you make him the villain in the Suicide Squad too which is the rumor that I'm hearing that, a lot. See, that would work as a bouncing point for him becoming kind of a anti-hero the next film. That would be fine. Actually, I would applaud that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Eh. Like, that one always seemed a little, okay, if you pull it off, this is this sounds great. If you don't, mm, I can see that. I'm a little worried because what I hear is another magic villain. <laughs> <laughs> With another cloud of junk in the sky. I, I do see your point, but... but he, traditionally, Black Adam is not a produced cloud of junk in the sky kind of person. He's more of a well, fly around and hit you in the face kind of guy. You know, all of, all of these comic book movies, all these supervillains are creating clouds of junk in the sky. I don't have anything to comfort you, man. I've never seen any of this shit in comic books. I, I don't know that I ever have either. You know, all you know, I like I had a guy um, on Twitter last night. Uh, ask me and a number of other podcasters what our f- top three films were. And, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, Blues Brothers, High Fidelity, and uh, The Big Lebowski. And he was like, whoa, there's no comic book movies on there, man. What, what's up? Do you have any in your top ten? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> because as a medium, it, it still, it's still not quite there. It's not. It's. It's not. It's like they're so tied into the the formula of of what they perceive as a comic book movie. Yeah. And everyone's willing to accept a certain thing, which now has become just what Marvel does, and they've perfected that formula. But I'd really like to see. But you know, when we when we get people who go outside the formula, you get Batman v Superman, where nobody understands it and everybody's upset. So you know, I don't know what to do, but you know, I. I haven't heard back from him yet. I was like, well, what is a comic book movie? Because I would consider, you know, Men in Black, Road to Perdition, Ghost World, all that stuff, comic book movies, of which would probably wind up in my top 20 or 30. But, you know, as far as superhero films, I'd probably put The Incredibles, you know, in my, t- in my top 20 <laughs> or 30. That's a solid film. Like, it's a great it film. Is. It's yeah. a solid movie. Um, you know, or uh, Rain Wilson and Super. That was That was amazing. That was a nice take. I enjoyed that. It's a real weird, but it was amazing. I consider it a superhero film, even though it doesn't come from a comic book, quote-unquote. Sure. So, you know, uh, there are lots of little caveats to it, but as a genre, it, it, it's a little it's a little wonky. That's fair. And I think it's mostly because of how much money it takes to create. People want to, you know, uh, the studios want a, uh, a hit no matter what. And uh, <sighs> these are tentpole films. I kind of wish they were just more like independent films. I'll take crappier effects. But we have the CW for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the CW is solid, and sometimes you get what you pay for. Exactly. You just never know. I mean, I'm there every week watching anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it hurts my soul right now that the episode with Constantine is airing, and I'm not I'm not viewing it actively. That's mm. happening as we're as we're talking. But um, is it? I thought that, I oh, thought that aired on Tuesdays. No, you're right. That's tomorrow. Oh, I forgot what day it was. It's Monday. Yes, I thought it was Tuesday for a second. So we've got a Lucifer playing right now. We do. That you're hurts my right. soul way less. <laughs> oh, see, now I'm sad, though. Like this, this whole afternoon, for some reason, I was thinking it was like Monday afternoon. It's been a long day. But for some reason, I was yeah. like, oh, man, this is airing, and I'm going to go watch it tomorrow. It'll be great. Now I've got to wait two more days. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. To see my boy John again. It'll be all right. Anyway, all right. Well, It'll be all right. Different, com- different problem, different conversation. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, the uh, Aquaman, it looks like December 21st, 2018. Wonder Woman 2, November 1st, 2019. Shazam, April 5th, 2019. Cyborg in 2020 is what the previous slate said. And Green Lantern Corps in 2020. So I, I, we're not seeing a cyborg, though, in, as far as these slates are concerned. No. Oh, Ken, uh, I told you this earlier. I want to recap it. So uh-huh. just for curiosity's sake, or uh, coincidence sake, I was going through our – we have a Google Calendar. Um, we do. That I use to keep track of when stuff's airing, when stuff's premiering, all that stuff. And uh-huh. um, when I went through and, re- and and put in the revisions from what we know now about the movies, it was like, you know, I haven't updated years ahead. Because we have, you know, it's, it's Google Calendar. I can do years. Um, in this case, I looked at it, and Aquaman is only off by like a week. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is a new edition. Mm-hmm. Shazam, of all things, is actually the exact same information we had two and a half, three years ago when I made this three years ahead, you know, plan to begin with. Yeah. Like, to the date, that was the exact same thing I had in the calendar. Mm-hmm. And the part that really cracked me up was, uh, according to, it's got to be at least three years ago now when I made this. According to that information, it was March of 2018 when we were expecting the Flash standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Just went ahead and deleted that event. Right? <laughs> just just <laughs> pulled up the right click. Uh-huh. And hit delete. No, it, it's, um, it, was, it was a little sad. I hated to actually yeah. do that. I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, but on the bright side, you know, people who are listening on their mobile devices, the millennials, mm-hmm. now get a... Uh, they just got a little lesson on how to operate a desktop computer. Hey, so right-clicking is a thing. Not just a long click, but with a whole <laughs> other finger. Yeah, we'll double tap here, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In our day, we had two buttons. Mm-hmm. All right, over and because <laughs> of my carpal tunnel, I can operate them ambidextrously. Uh huh. Carpal tunnel. <laughs> you have to learn to adapt. <laughs> After hours of your arm crying out for mercy. You're like, you know what? I'm going to learn to right-click with my middle left hand. That's right. Middle finger left hand. You adapt. Or left click. Instead anyway. of writing a link, instead of starting a movement in a Facebook page for people with, you know, for left-handed people on Facebook, instead of armchair activism, you just adapt. That's, that's how we did it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before Facebook groups. <laughs> right. And being able to commiserate on a whim. Before change.org ruined everything for everyone. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about that site is you get an email for every other thing that happens after you sign up supporting something. It's really annoying. I wish I could be like, yeah. yes, this is a good idea. Please never contact me about anything ever again unless I say so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't like change.org a lot because there's, anybody can make anything, any, like, make a petition for anything. Well, I like that. that yeah, I, like, so, I like the freedom of that. That's nice. But um, Well, it just it feels like there should be like a board of directors or something. <laughs> you don't want an auditing system for this. I do. Just throw it out. Let populism do its worst. <laughs> like I'm getting like I'm getting like links to be like you know, McDonald's doesn't have good toys anymore. Sign the petition to get good toys again. And I, I'm like, well, I'm, they're, they're like five signatures on it. Honestly, around nine or so. If I'd known about that petition, I would have signed it. Well, sure. Nine the age, but this is not the PM. This is like a forty year old. This is a forty year old man. <laughs> I, I assume. I don't know. I mean, I, I found my, like, Batman Returns uh, Happy Mills toys the other day and was like, these these are legit. These are real toys. This is solid. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, you know how I feel is, 
you remember when we were living together a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. two or three years ago, so maybe many years now. Whatever, whatever. Let's <laughs> let's not dwell on the, the amount of years. Yeah, when we were living together, back when Affleck was cast. Uh uh-huh, go on. <laughs> um, I dude, I went to actually, I can pin it down even better than that. It was before Affleck was cast. It was um, it was when Beware the Batman was still new on the air. Oh, okay. I went to McDonald's just to see. I don't eat at McDonald's most of the time. I don't really care for it most of the time. But you just never know what you're going to get. In. Sure. But I pulled through the drive-thru just to get those Beware the Batman toys. <laughs> and I'm gonna go I with got them for like a dollar crap. each or something. Yeah. Oh, no, they were great. Oh, I really? had them on my shelf for a long time. Nice. Yeah. I don't remember those. I liked them. I liked them. Like, I had them on my shelf for quite a while. Um, All right. Touche, McDonald's. So, yeah. And here I am I talking like smack I went, about your recent toy game, and there you go. You know, I feel like I went through the line uh, a couple of months ago with Bethany to get a get a Sunday. Their their little chocolates, their little fudge Sundays are still on point. But um, I feel like there was a pretty cool tool, and I almost bought it, almost asked for it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, they're not like you know Mattel level like twenty dollar in Walmart toys, but you know, whatever. We've gone got off on a tangent. Feels like we really have. Anyway, I mean, I guess just write the ship uh, abruptly. <laughs> Prepare for an abrupt writing. <laughs> There's a rumor going around. Uh, IGN's Mario F. Robles is reporting uh, that there is going to be that WB is considering releasing a Justice League extended cut. He says, for the home release of Justice League, WB is mulling over packaging it as a Superman trilogy alongside Man of Steel and BBS. And here's the kicker. It would include an extended cut of Justice League, but it would be an extended version of the theatrical cut, not Snyder's cut, which is what I told you it was going to be, guys. That was the only thing that was ever on the table. Yeah. And what's crazy is that we're in an age where... Uh, that had to be specified. Mm-hmm. But this is not... Well, what, look, mm-hmm. you know, they they might do it. I keep hearing that they have a Snyder Cut. I mean, it's not going to be a true Snyder Cut ever, no matter what. There is no footage of that. Mm-mm. I promise you. Because whatever Snyder was going to do when BBS flopped critically, they came in and changed the tone. Mm-hmm. They gave him mandates and directives. I'm mm-hmm. telling you that. But there might be a cut, uh, like a hodgepodge... No reshoots, director's cut that's out there of Snyder's. I'm sure that's, that exists, but whether or not they release it, I who mean, knows? it's, it's going to end up. Uh, what was the. Um, what was that, like, director's version of the uh, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movie? Oh, the Richard Donner cut. and Which one was it, though? <laughs> oh, uh, Superman 2. 2? Okay. Well, it didn't matter from my point. Yeah. Is it, 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 that might be the closest thing it can possibly be akin to, I think. Yeah, but, you know, even that was a hodgepodge and not truly a director's cut. Yeah, Yeah, it's never going to be, like, to do the amount of post that is required for a Zack Snyder film proper, it's just, yeah, we went over this before, it's never going to happen that way. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch whatever version they put out, but... Yeah. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Scott Hecker, the sound designer, sound editor over at Justice League, says, uh... The most challenging, the Justice League is the most challenging film I've worked on, both creatively and logistically. Um, he says uh, the article over on 
oh gosh, what was it? It was uh, inverse. Says the most, uh, sorry, uh, besides retaining the integrity for the unique sounds related to Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and inventing new sounds for Cyborg, Flash, Aquaman, and Steppenwolf, Heckler said time was the greatest enemy against everyone working on the film. Um, That tracks with everything we've said so far. Hecker says his work on Justice League was typical of many big studio films, starting with a cut, quote, that starts out at three plus hours before being edited down. So naturally, many scenes and sounds are left on the proverbial cutting room floor. He's hopeful fans may one day see uh, see it all sooner than later. The cool part is that on many of these features, the studio releases the director's cut with a lot of that material put back in the film for the DVD release. Um, so at least most of those sounds we create will be used one way or the other. Um, he says he did. He worked for both Snyder and Whedon throughout the production, calling both super fun and and inspiring. Um, and of course, Fabian Wagner, the the cinematographer who had to leave, he wasn't there for the Whedon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about uh, a few things, including he says that there they they did a few scenes of Superman's black costume, which he called a cool looking costume that fans didn't get to see said, unfortunately, there's quite a few scenes that didn't make it into the, into the theatrical release. Zack takes his time, blah, blah, blah. We've heard him say all that kind of stuff before. Right. Um, yeah, man. I feel there's, like it just got written he, out. Because I cannot think of a version yeah. right now where that suit makes sense. Me either. Like, why would they bury him in a black suit? Because <laughs> in the version of the film we have right now, he just pops out of the grave and slacks, ready to go. Like, he just pops out G2 yeah. ready. And right. I can't imagine, like, why would you, like... Like even like how would you where would like, his suit is very special it came mm. from galaxies away why would you have another one of these sitting around it just it's one it feels like one of those things where they were really going for something and then to actually explain it would have been like ten minutes worth of film <laughs> like yeah we got to cut all right. that crap we don't right. have time for any of that I thought he was already wearing the black suit in Man of Steel I don't remember a black one. <laughs> They called it blue, but the color grading told me otherwise. Oh, I weren't. Sh- I, 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 I thought you meant like <laughs> it looked bluish, just me- but then you heard Chris Cornell and it felt black. No, okay. I was just kidding. Okay. But you know what? The like Zod's suit, his Kryptonian suit, actually did kind of look black. It does look black. Yeah, that would. But still, like, why would you? I mean, how would that get incorporated? Well, how would it become blue? <laughs> I mean, I would just guess. I would just guess that, like, you know. There is no track Maybe of what happened like, to Zod's suit, but his isn't as special. No. It's not like Kryptonian battle armor in the same sense that Kal-El's is. It's it's slightly different. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I mean, like. I like the idea, armor, but it's different. And not for a real, not in a real version. So don't you know send me angry letters or whatever mm-hmm. telling me like that I'm stupid. And your non sequitur version. Have, yeah. But um, what would amuse me if Superman's outfit was really just like a mood ring? <laughs> Screw you. I'm going to send you hate mail over that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I will I will personally take the time to write you pointed emails about how ridiculous that sounds. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. I know it sounds ridiculous. But it really oh. bridged the gap for me mentally. It would really make me understand, like, ah, why was his suit a little brighter in BVS and then a little brighter in Justice League? Right. Kind of want to know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's you've got that's one pro versus all the cons. Right. But yeah. I mean, at least there's the it's one like, pro for you. Yeah. Like he comes back from the dead. He's wearing the black suit with a silver S. You know, like the silver hope symbol, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I still uh, Silver House of Elcrest. 
I, I still like the the symbol means hope explanation. It's like maybe my know, favorite death metal Superman change for this series of films. Yeah, little death metal Superman though, just like. Then he looks at Flash, and then Lois says, "Hey, dude, you're not you're not okay." And he's like, "I'm sorry, Lois. Please, mm-hmm. please love me." Let's go stand in a cornfield. He turns into like a an off white or beige kind of like indie uh, apologetic Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's Ben Stiller's Superman as directed by Noah Baumbach. As <laughs> I think you've just ruined everything I've ever stood for. <laughs> I um, um I don't know where to go from here. I do. So Fabian Wagner, thank God, All right. was uh, yeah, Fabian Wagner <laughs> uh, was talking about one of the scenes that we did see in the trailer a little bit of. He says Alfred uh, talking to the off-screen figure in the Batcave, uh, and apparently he would not confirm that it was Superman he was talking to. He wouldn't tell. He wouldn't tell Inverse who they were ta- who was who Alfred was talking to. He says maybe we'll see a cut one day. It was great to shoot. It was a great scene to shoot. Well, damn it. Right? Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's just haunting. And it's one of the reasons we've become, as you said, DCEU agnostics, is even that being in the trailer <laughs> is not enough to be like, yeah, that's definitely a thing we're going to have in the projected future. I don't know anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. know. don't know. And to be clear, saying that we're a DCEU agnostic doesn't mean that we haven't enjoyed these films on some level, all of them, or that we didn't like Justice League. It just means that we do not trust Warner Brothers to actually keep their dirty mitts out of anything long enough to actually make a thing that makes sense. Yes, yes. I only trust them implicitly in the past tense, and even that is dubious. Right. Like, if I see a trailer, I'm going to assume 75% of it's not going to be in the movie. And that's just a good working hypothesis. Maybe more, maybe less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after I've seen a movie, I can only trust that so much of it will remain canon. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see how it shakes out. Yeah. All right. So, uh, did you guys see this Entertainment Weekly? You guys, I mean you, Jason. <laughs> the Royal Entertainment Day? Weekly review. We'll see. Sure. Entertainment Weekly revealed their first look at Arthur Curry from Aquaman. It's like Aquaman. And he's shirtless, of course. Why not? Yeah. And he's, it looks like he's in like a submarine or something. Looks like there's some sort of a soldier of some sort with a mask over his face. Maybe one of uh, Black Manta's men or somebody or Orm's men or whatever the hell. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it looked pretty standard to me. Like it didn't, like it got me excited a little bit. I was like, oh, that's cool. But that was about the extent of it. I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't. Nothing, nothing changed for me in, as far as like my overlook of life. No, or anything. absolutely not. I, I, it's one of those many moments where I looked at that and went, "How did you? How did you have the balls to title this article that way?" Right. This is far from the first look of Aquaman. <laughs> like, not only did you not show me anything substantial about the new film, I mean, let's not even if we leave out the idea that just because that you've seen that photo, uh-huh. that that doesn't mean it's going to be in the film, uh-huh. as we've established. Right. Even ruling out that, all you showed me was like Momoa, foreground, some stuff in the background. I agree, it does kind of look like henchmen in a submarine situation, whatever. Uh huh. It's just the same Momoa I got done watching like a month ago. Yeah. This isn't a same Momoa first was in BBS. Same Momoa we saw when it said unite the seven, even I... though there weren't seven to unite. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. This is. That is. Uh, I don't know. 
I, I want to say ballsy journalism, but what I really mean is shaky. Just I was I was gonna say slipshod. Slipshod is great. Yeah. That is, <laughs> to take away any pretense of how I might feel about it and any qualifiers, that is bullshit. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> Do not fucking tell me this is the first Liquid Aquaman unless I'm looking at l- at least at a few seconds of footage from the movie that you've already gotten mostly finished. Uh-huh. And even then it might not be. Even then it still might not be and we'll deal with that then. But at least give me a few seconds of him in a film and a scene that I haven't seen before that makes sense. I, I just... Right, right. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, bordering on infuriating. Yeah. So, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer of the, uh, kind of a runaway hit here. It's actually a big deal. It. Um, Mm -hmm. he was in that movie. He's been cast as Freddie Freeman, Captain Marvel Jr. in Shazam, even though it's not going to be called Captain Marvel Jr. (laughs) Shazam Jr. just doesn't sound right. Yeah, I guess they, I mean. I guess you just call him Billy the whole time. Or Freddie. Or Freddie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, why would you call him Billy? I don't know. <laughs> Billy is Shazam. Billy Shazam. I don't know. I lost track of who I was talking about for a second. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's been described as the best friend of Billy Batson, the only person who knows the truth. Wow. In the comics, uh, he was injured uh, because Captain Marvel and Captain Nazi were fighting. Uh, Captain Marvel meets Shazam. <laughs> it's so hard. For, I can't do it. I can't do it. His name's Captain Marvel. Just his his name is the, Captain Marvel, Jason. Anyway, and Billy transferred some of his powers over to him so that he doesn't have to be crippled the whole time. Mm-hmm. He can be a superhero in a blue costume. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Over to Batman Radar Online, which I've never given much credence to, but there, this is a thing that's going around, and everyone's saying it's official on Facebook, and people are freaking out. So I thought, you know what, this is pissing me off enough to talk about. This isn't official, by the way. It's just a rumor. But Radar Online is saying that uh, Matt Reeves might be a might be casting John Hamm as Batman, and uh, apparently John Hamm is is quote gunning hard for the role, uh, according to an unknown unnamed source. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's friends with Ben Affleck, blah blah blah, he's he sees this as a professional thing, not a personal thing. He wants to be Batman. He thinks he can do it better. Blah 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 blah. That's fine. I, I, don't, don't, I don't really care. I mean, I don't disagree at all that he would make an okay Batman. It's just, we're not there yet. Yeah. We're just not there I yet. I mean, I still want... I You know, Affleck has said he'd be a nape on the ground for Matt Reeves. I really hope... Like, I don't I don't know. Like, he seems un- unenthusiastic. And I feel like it's probably because Warner Brothers is pushing him out. Mm. Not because he wants out but then you know who knows maybe he does want out i don't it's know hard maybe he's now. just a petulant child who's just pissed off and wants to leave because nothing to do is going to be right <laughs> it's entirely um, possible i don't know I, it, there's really way too much smoke and mirrors for that kind of crap right now yeah you know uh one of our listeners nerdy tastic over on twitter says every time i hear about batfleck wanting out of his contract because it's too hard or whatever in my head hugh jackman looks at those reports and cackles as he bench presses a horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry that was good that's good that was that was funny that's good um and that that leads us directly into the feedback section so might as well go go for the go for this fair enough uh, <laughs> Ooh, you want to offer odds that if the uh, merger goes through, uh, Hugh Jackman comes back? 
Oh, you know what? He's already said no. He did say no? Yeah, he says, like, he's like, yeah, I quit the thing. And then I looked up and saw that headline and went, oh. But you know what? I mean, my time is done. It'll be great to see whatever Wolverine they they get. He's 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 being mature about it. That is that is a very mature take, and I like that he's even acknowledging that he was sad about that. Like, there's some. Uh, I'm told it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh-huh. Someone had to explain that. Christian to me. Bale had it. Yeah. Christian Bell was like, "Yeah, I'm done with Batman." And then he found out Ben Affleck was doing it, and he went, "Oh." <laughs> he said there was like a 30 minute period. He just sat and stared into space for 30 minutes, trying to process that someone else was Batman. Now. Right. I understand. I, I do get that. As much as I don't like Christian Bell, some days I, I do get that. Uh, yeah. So you're offering low odds, is what you're saying? Yeah, low odds. It's almost the theme for this episode. You can't trust anyone. So you're saying less than 10 percent chance of a few jack. <laughs> It'd be one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yes. Yeah. That's that's the new world we live in, man. It's nothing but probabilities. There is no binary anymore. This is what we this is what we experience. Look, if they if they do if Marvel does what I think they're gonna do and open up the multiverse, they can bring in Hugh Jackman for a movie. Yeah, they could definitely get away with it. I mean, I'm I'm not just harping on Crisis for DC. I want to see this shit for. Uh, I want to see. You remember the Secret Wars stuff on uh, oh, the Spider Man yeah. animated series, where there were a bunch of different Spider Men hanging out. Hell yeah, man! Let's do sure. that. Let's have let's have like a Tom Hardy Wolverine hanging out with a you know. Well, they have a they have a pretty good looking uh, animated <laughs> several Spider Man movies coming Wolverine. out. Yeah, I haven't even looked at that. I just saw a trailer for it and thought, well, I think I'm gonna have to watch that. Sure. Anyway, as you please. All right. Well, uh, so we're in the feedback now. Randy SF45 over on Twitter says, "I wonder if WB would have been in a better place if they made solid lower budget movies between 2013 and 2016 instead of swinging for the fences with BVS." Yes. Well, man, they. Yes, but Warner Brothers did make like over five billion dollars this year, of which Justice League and Wonder Woman contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't really say they're in a bad place. No, I, they're not in uh, a bad place, but would they be in a better place? Yes. I say definitively yeah, yes. Yeah. And the biggest problem with BBS wasn't the money they spent necessarily. I mean, though it was an exorbitant amount, mm-hmm. uh, it was their decision. Short of the shell companies uh, to, and previous failed movies. Yeah. But it was their decision to undercut their own creative team. And I think that was their biggest issue. Yeah. Uh, or maybe their continued employment of the creative team. Maybe that was the problem. Because as much as I love BBS, the... You know, Batman killing a bunch of people. No, I, and the but tone of I that film. This is the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool secret that everyone, I, not yeah. everyone, a lot of people are having trouble getting behind. Is like Ryan Reynolds' fault for it to be low budget, and I think part of that was, uh-huh. was because like if it gets too big of a budget, everyone starts looking at it and fucking with it. And yeah. if it's below a certain amount, the studio execs are like, yeah, you know, let him play. Let's see how this works out. That's a good take. That's a good take. But, you know, my point from BBS, though, is, like, Batman killed a lot, and the tone of that film was not something that the general audience understood or appreciated. They did not go in ex- expecting or accepting it. Yeah. The in, the general audience didn't even understand why Batman and Superman were fighting to begin, to begin with. And, uh, and the that's, theatrical honestly, version of the film did not explain that well. No. It's, you know, honestly fine that the Marvel characters are seen as heroic despite killing the bad guys without a thought. But it matters more in BVS because, let's be honest, Batman is exalted iconography. Like <laughs> that's why it matters. With, that's why it mattered with Superman and Man of Steel when he snapped Zod's neck. Yeah. Like, you know, people don't want to see Superman and Batman killing. They just don't. Right. Even like even in in the Nolan movies, he killed people by neglect, but or you know by like I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Right. Or I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Whatever. Like people are like, oh, that counts. No, it doesn't. Not ethically. <laughs> But you know that's, what? People need that's that a big conversation justification. You just bit off. But 
I just I I understand people... perceptually what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like Batman in the comics. That my Batman in my heart, my Batman would 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 have saved him. Sure. You know, um, like in Batman Begins when he says that shit, I was like, wait, what? Because that's not what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, that's a that's that's a whole can of worms, but uh, like, an ethical as can a good of worms, example but... and uh, crossover spoilers here. Skip ahead about ten seconds. Um. Barry refuses to kill Earbard, even though he has him cornered, and he, cl- he could clearly kill him. And he just kind of uh-huh. tells him, get out of here. That's your version of... That's at least a version of how Batman handles the situation in your terms. And like the, well, I didn't even understand that. Well, like, he just... Well, you know even what? having if him I, cornered, if I was... he still, still lets him go. Like, he's not going to actually kill him. We'll, right. we'll battle this well, out another okay. day. We'll, you know, try to turn you around another day, but it's not going to be like... But I understand where you you're know, coming if from. Barry... As far as the crossover is concerned, I think Barry was just like, you know what? I don't even understand where you fit into the timeline. Anything I do could screw it up. So I guess do whatever. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know what will happen if I kill you. It's going to be it's going to be something. Like, I don't to deal know what with. would happen if I kill you. I don't know what would happen if I take you to jail. Probably no even one keeping of our you alive. Little, is who knows? Problem? I don't know. I don't even know anymore. But I'm not going to kill you. So get out of here. <laughs> right. It's like you know, I don't know where you are. Maybe if I don't stop you, you don't you don't do the thing that you're supposed yeah. to do. And, you're and Tom I don't become the Flash. You have one of those faces where you could be like late fifties or early thirties. I don't even know. I don't know. Like, how old are you? Are you? Are, can you buy cigarettes? I don't freaking know anymore. Just leave. Just get out of here, crazy cat. <laughs> See you some other time. All right. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, Randy, but those, I guess those are our thoughts. But we've, uh, rambled about it for a minute and then I hope that yeah. amounted to something. Matthew Salvatore on Twitter asks us, what is your favorite scene in Justice League, your favorite line of dialogue in Justice League, and what B- Batman vehicle was your favorite from Justice League or BVS? Thanks guys. Love the show. Have a blast with every episode. Thank you, man. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Matthew. Michael. What? Mm. You made it there. Put putting down the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard a tourniquet earlier. A tourniquet. Yeah. What? <laughs> Never mind. We've made previous previous references to heroin usage during the show before. I thought you'd be with me, but okay. Never mind. <laughs> I was. I was with you. If you just want to leave me hanging? That's fine. I did. That was my joy. I'll that simply was where I turn found to substance joy. abuse to fill up the the gap in my soul. That's fine. Yeah. What was the what was the what was the name? Old Lady H. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no, none of us are doing drugs or abusing substances. I'm just kidding. Uh, but thank you, Matthew. Uh, my favorite scene in Justice League. I'm not sure um, what it was. I oh. I think my favorite thing probably was Batman talking to the Flash, telling him just you know save one person. I think that was my favorite. Save one person. Which one? Doesn't matter. Just save one. Oh my God, that's the same one I have. Don't fight. Don't don't fight. Don't whatever. Just save one. What do I do next? You'll know. That's uh, I I I I hoped we would be more well rounded, but no, that's seriously the exact same scene I picked out when you asked me that question, or the same dialogue you picked out. I picked out when you handed me that question. Yeah. It's really cool. You guys seem to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. Hilarious. Yeah. Save one. Uh, Yeah. Save one person. And then then you'll know. That was my favorite scene. Those were my favorite lines of dialogue. That was 
So. Extremely solid. Um, for me, a runner-up was just Bruce explaining the world needs Superman, the team needs Clark, he's more human than I am, he lived in this world, he fell in love, he had a job, in spite of all that power. Yeah. Did love that. And simply Superman asking him, do you bleed? That was fun. But that was a callback. I didn't really... Yeah, I you know I I enjoyed when Batman went. Something's definitely bleeding. That shit was funny to me. I'm sorry. That was that see, was so funny as, to me as a setup. That's why I like that part. <laughs> and yeah. something else everyone complained about. I really liked when Bat when Superman was like, "I like being alive." And then like later he goes, "I wish I was dead." <laughs> 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 and he and Cyborg laugh. Like I was like, that's funny. yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. What was it like I, I can't feel know. my toes or something? Right. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't have toes. <laughs> I, was, I yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I did too. I don't know what everybody's mad about. Right. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite car of any kind? Um, eh, I'm not a big car guy. We're I say really that. I have all, uh, we're not really car guys. I say I'm not a car guy. I have a whole shelf of Batman cars. It's true. You do like Batmobiles. I, I have a lot of Batmobiles. I have a lot of Batmobiles. I have at least three DeLoreans floating around. I have a Bluesmobile from the Blues Brothers. All right, all I'm fair. Kind of a car all guy. fair. I'm just going to break it down <laughs> to this. Not a real then. car guy. The BVS <laughs> F150 Batmobile or the uh, uh, was it Nightcrawler? Uh, I was not a big fan of the Nightcrawler. It was fine, it was there. Um, wasn't a big fan of the Flying Fox. I didn't really care either way. They didn't endear it to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, even though I have a version of it sitting on my desk, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Batwing. So I guess I'll see the say the 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 uh, the Justice League Batmobile slash BVS Batmobile because every time, like when in, in BVS when Superman pulls the the roof off of that, I mm-hmm. cringed. Yeah. And likewise, when the Parademons ripped the roof roof off of it in Justice League, I cringed. So I right. guess the Batmobile is my answer. All right. See, I have. The, uh, I, I was calling it the F-150 car, because that's what they built it off of. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's a <laughs> thing with the sports. Um, so okay. I'm saying that hands down, because every other version of this involves heights. Not my thing. Uh-huh. I did like when Batman jumped out of the Batwing in BVS and like ran across the wing and jumped, in, jumped into the window. That was awesome. All fantastic. Ask me which one I'd rather do. And I'm yeah, going to exclude everything that involves heights. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I do um, have I do have a favorite two scenes. Okay, and I, I just can't decide. All right, so when Superman notices that Barry's uh, there and fast. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. That's just amazing on every level. But also uh, more than that, like that one, I real I really like that scene. But when Superman actually shows up and he's really Superman. Like, when he shows up and says he, you know, has a thing for justice, and, and he's just, like, dodging Steppenwolf's punches in the air with, like, this kind of smirk on his face, like, yeah, this is kind of fun, almost. I I was sitting there, like, glued to my chair, like, oh, it's finally him. Mm-hmm. This, and, and especially, like, he stops in the middle of the battle with the big bad to be like, citizens, <laughs> I must attend to this. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's what my boy would do. Yeah. Complete with slowpoke, complete with uh, just everything about that scene. Yeah. Like, that yeah. part of the climax where you finally get to see... Because, to me, the entire thing had to lead up to that character, or I'd, I would have been... I would have felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in that scene, I finally got the guy that I was, like, trusting they would give me the entire 
what has it been, like five years now? Six? Good Lord. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. Brent Clark over on Twitter. Uh, this is uh, one of the co-hosts of Fans Without Borders and the DC TV Squadcast. Fantastic shows both that I listen to, uh, mm-hmm. as I can. Sometimes Fans Without Borders, they, they get to things that... He and Ray get to things that I haven't finished yet. Like a couple weeks ago, they did Punisher, and I was just like... like oh. I was like waiting for their... I was like waiting for their show to come out. I was like, oh man, because you know, I, I, I like to listen to my podcast and everything. Yeah, while I'm that, on the road. Do you and know then how I hard look, it is to like look up TV news right now without looking up Punisher spoilers by accident? Yeah, and like I look down, and I'm like, oh cool, new 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 fans without border. Oh, they're talking about the Punisher. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. Which I I hope to get caught up on that. Uh, now that the uh, the DC the, the the CW shows are on uh, hiatus. Yeah. So. Uh, over the Christmas break, that's, <laughs> I mean, maybe my top objective, actually. Not even to celebrate Christmas or to be with my family. Maybe just knock out Punisher. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Which, incidentally, a bit of side news, it looks like Netflix is going to keep all their shows. Yeah, it does. Uh, that's exciting for some reason to me. Yeah. I was going to be very annoyed by, like, Disney be able to go, like, no, there are IPs. They're, we're, we're taking them. But, no, the Netflix... Uh, Brass has basically said, "Yeah, that's cute and all, but like we own these shows, so no." Yeah, that's we fair. Have limited rights to the IPs, and we made them; they're ours. All right now, uh, back to Brent Clark, though. Uh, like I said, co-host of Fans Without Borders and DC TV Squadcast, good shows mm-hmm. both. Uh, decided to once again. Uh, he copped to this. He was the guy that uh, that left us the voicemail that just said Mirakuru because we decided that because uh, a few weeks ago I said I I never want to hear the word Mirakuru again. Uh, <laughs> and Brent has responded because I said you know on Twitter like hey we're recording tomorrow you know got if you got comments or questions or anything right and he responded with Mirakuru once again and so. the inner troll was too much for him yeah I think so I understand. He's a good guy, though. I don't hold it against him. <laughs> Sometimes we can't help ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sick in the head. You spent the first five minutes of this conversation putting bad songs in my head. I did. Uh, Al Granted over on DC... Uh, sorry, DC on screen. Al Granted over on Twitter <laughs> says... Uh, I'm looking at this as replying to DC on screen. Right. Al Granted says, I really like the posters you guys create to announce a new podcast. Keep those going. That's really nice, dude. I I do kind of work on those a little bit, and yeah, there's no I you guys. That's all, the, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I'm glad you like them. And uh, I might be getting a little more funky with them, a little more artistic, because that's just I don't know something I want to do. But uh, boredom is the mother of invention. It's not boredom. It's just you know we need we need some sort of a picture to advertise this, and I get I feel like people get tired of looking at my stupid face. It's a common thought. Like not just about your face, are, about everyone's own face. Yeah, I feel like the odds are much higher that they'll like click on kind of a, you know, souped up photoshopped picture of Barry Allen or something rather than just looking at, you know, my sure. baggy eyes and scraggly beard. Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like in front of a microphone. I can continue <laughs> trusting you as a human because you're able to say the sentence people are tired of looking at my face like it it denotes some sort of lack of narcissism that i'm really happy exists in you yeah it has to that that has to be the the cutoff point i'm narcissistic enough to think that i should have a podcast and that people would want to listen to what my opinions but on that these you know there's are. a stop point at some 
some level is at least like I, I've invested years in you as a friend at this point, and it would be very disappointing to me if you were like, you know what, I should just put my face everywhere because people love that. I would be like you talking know, with your fiance about how we can better medicate you without you knowing. And then you would stop once the check started rolling in because it's that kind of <laughs> psychosis. It is. It's that kind of psychosis. That's like Trump psychosis. There, like, are, there, are, the greatest... levels, there are levels of what your <laughs> angle you're going for that I understand. But yeah. I don't necessarily want to call it my friend. <laughs> so. Right. Well, no. No. So I Absolutely. personally appreciate that, that there's a stopgap here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yoda Hugh over on Twitter says... Uh, this is one for Jason to appreciate. My 1.5 week old son will only stop crying during nappy change if daddy plays the Beatles. Hell yeah. Right? Hell yeah. I like this kid. <laughs> I Hey, Yoda Hugh, man. I, I like the Beatles too. Like, I appreciate it too. Come on, man. Don't Not even. as much as Jason. Don't even with me. Yeah. <laughs> You know I like the Beatles. What you the really, hell, man? Yeah, you, you, you do. You do. You really do. You have I a, like you the have Beatles. A, a very fond appreciation. I just like Bob Dylan better. I, I'm just saying. Like, if I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically as big a Bob Dylan fan as Dave, you would, like, come out of your chair like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I would say I'm more of a Beatles fan than you are a Bob Dylan fan, though. That may be true. But, I mean, it's not like I'm saying the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles or anything. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I don't we're think... all sane here. God, yeah. God. Like... <laughs> I just pissed off a couple of people. That's fine. I know people at work who are like, oh, I like the Rolling Stones better than the Beatles. I'm like, why is it got to be a thing? Why have you got to tell me you like now, Pearl what's, Jam what's better than Nirvana? Like, yeah, I know. I know. I, I know people that are, are pissed that I didn't say this before or would be like pissed that I'm saying this now. But if I was like, you know, I got to admit the Kinks is kind of better than Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Like for there's a, a group of people that would just to like you know hit the ceilings of their cars hearing that like yeah that's what i'm talking about and there's just whole hordes of people that would piss off even more right oh you gotta love these old 50 year old battles i guess i honestly do think the kinks are better than the rolling stones <laughs> i love the rolling stones i was only gonna enjoy the hell out of annoy people but no you're gonna go for it okay <laughs> oh no i mean there's the kinks they're good man they're, they're really solid. good they're solid rolling stones is a little more mainstream i understand I understand. I feel how like some everything like them you're better. saying is objectionable, and there's no way out of it. Oh no, I don't want a way out of it. Screw <laughs> it. This is opinion podcasting. We're I, knee deep. It's true. I, I um I've been uh, objecting anyone to way way more of my musical elitism uh, than than I should. So I'm gonna just say this and, <laughs> and move away. But on occasion, the Kinks have written better songs than the Beatles and rocked harder than the Rolling Stones. On occasion. Uh huh. And then I'm just going to slink away. Like, turn out the light, slowly close the door, and tiptoe and, down hey, the hall you know, from that conversation. I'm going to do a thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the Fans Without Borders route. Hashtag, it's okay to like them all. <laughs> yeah, they've all got their upsets. They absolutely do. I'll listen to any of them on any given day. Yeah, like, yeah. seriously, like, the, a couple of days ago, I was listening to, like, Spotify is a magical creature. I'm listening to this daily mix that they give me, and I heard, like, a Beatles song. And, I, and then a Wallflower song, mm-hmm. and then I heard a Kink song. I was pleased. I was. Yeah. And I kind of scrolled through and looked around, and about ten songs in, there was a Rolling Stones song. So it's it's good. Nothing wrong with that. 
I'll, it's I, good. My daily mix kind of cracks me up because I, I, after the movie came out, I kind of didn't realize how much I was listening to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks until they started showing up in every playlist I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same problem with Taylor Swift and Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> or as you called them for a time, Tay-Tay and Riri. That's right. I still do. I was just I was, just, I was simplifying for the <laughs> the filthy casuals. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Oh god. That was a thing. Okay. Should we get to TV? So, um, Is that a thing yet? Yeah, I did want to mention and I'm not going to go into it all here, but if you go over to Facebook our Facebook page uh our DC on screen Facebook page Matthew Westfox of the Superhero Ethics Podcast uh, posted a fantastic article called Thoughts on Justice League and the Nature of Hope. And you guys had a whole conversation about it, and it was a really interesting conversation. And you guys should just go check it out. We had some fun. Points. I'm just going to say that. It was a fun conversation. Yeah. Now, if you don't want to, uh, that's all our, uh, of our movie news for this week. But if you don't want to uh, follow us over to the DC TV stuff, you can go and find us DC on screen. That's where we tweet. And, you know, Chase has been getting into the tweeting lately. I'm trying. I still don't like it. You still don't like it? <laughs> what was it you said it was? It was like reading a uh, schizophrenic conversation in reverse or something. What was it you said? I don't remember. But it, uh, the something way I would describe weird. it is like using the app to me is like trying to understand. Trying to understand a story as told by a schizophrenic, I think is what I said. Okay, okay. Like it was, it was that way for me for a little while, and then the thoughts I are disjointed. There's some, there's some coping mechanism that I'm lacking at the moment. Yeah, I'll hit a thing and be like, "Why am I in this conversation now? What happened?" And then I'll hit another thing and be like, "Why am I on this guy's profile? I don't understand. I thought I was following this part of the conversation." <laughs> All right. I really well, do feel look, like a bumbling old man. Yeah, it's okay, which man. is particularly humiliating. It's uh, all right. Like it, it's confusing the hell out of me because I'll like go on and like people are I'm like, oh, we got some notifications here. I'm like looking at DC on screen and people are like responding to things I never said. Like, what's what's this? And then like I know only by by hope and knowledge of the way Jason writes. I'm like, that's the thing Jason said. I'm just taking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure it out, man. Well, I have actually said dash Jason on occasion. On occasion, but there are a couple where you didn't, and there I was are a couple like, where I just huh? throw things in. And uh, no, we haven't been fished or anything. I just uh, no one cares that much about us, frankly. We, we have not been <laughs> stolen. Our identity is still safe online, but uh, yeah, you say that, and then someone's gonna dox us or some shit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll teach these DC on screen guys how to be fearful. Right. I guess we can't post this episode on Reddit. I, I think we're we're doc safe, as if such a thing is. Oh, oh, possible. don't say that. Don't say that. Doc safe and fish anyway. free. That just sounds kind of dirty. It does. Um, or like a really healthy label for a food. It does. It does. Farm fresh docks. <laughs> I guess it would be doxin. Farm yeah. fresh doxin. Farm fresh doxin. Um, fish free. Yeah. Uh, fish free nutrients. Yeah. Uh, you know, both the internet activity and the band. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I really, I have mixed Back feelings to about him. musical elitism. I have a, a lot of mixed feelings about him, obviously, but I, uh-huh. I have always felt bad that their band name got stuck with that verb. Right. It's like, oh, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve that at all. Among other things, you were early, early adapters of the bulletin board to help support your band. Mm. All right. 
So uh, you can email us at dconscreen at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash dconscreen. Or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. People haven't done that in a while. 205-259-6331. And we'll play you on the show if you're not, uh, you know, angry or mean to us or whatever. Or even if you are playfully. Even if you are playfully to some degree, you know. I don't know. Sometimes we'll leave you off even if we still love you. Time is a consideration. Time is a consideration? Not really because of the way we talk, but no. In pre-production, time seems like a consideration, and then we just bullshit. It does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Over to DC on... Uh, sorry, DC TV. We're already, we're already on DC on screen. Right, yeah. Uh, so the new uh, the new Wave Rider team member that they've been talking about, Guggenheim, said a previously established character from the Arrowverse is going to be uh, coming to Legends soon. Uh, he also said the addition is a really cool one. I just can't talk about the game plan. The CW publicity will determine when we get to unleash that bit of news. Uh, internet seems very sure as Kid Flash. I just, I keep praying this John Constantine. Of course we're praying it's Constantine. I don't care enough about Wally. But you know what the team needs? A speedster. It Wally makes the most sense. I gotta agree with the internet on this it, one. It does make the most sense. I don't, and there are two chairs empty, to be sure. I don't know why we can't have a Constantine and a Kid Flash. Well, there's only one super chair empty. That's true. If you don't consider, like, Stein's, you know, aggressive intellect... And Jax's magical, mechanical powers, both separate powers. Uh-huh. Well, Fl- uh, Wally can fix the mechanical powers because he really he's, can, you know, he's an engineer. That's one of the better reasons to consider him as, uh, like, yeah, he does, he just, he just seems like the fit. And that, the biggest thing to me is, like, they spent so much time developing this character and they were very proud of, like, no, we've got Wally West, it's going to be fantastic. And then it feels like they got in there and we're like, oh, crap, we can't write two speedsters into every episode. Yeah. I think it's also that uh, what's his face, Kenyon Lonsdale Kenyon. was just like, yeah, kind of one step away. He's doing, it. he's pulling a Thea, is what I heard, but I don't know. That's what makes me kind of wonder, like maybe he's not, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'll be honest though, like if you're trying to sign up for another show in this universe uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go with Legends, that's also you kind of saying like, yeah, I'm gonna go with a show that may not be around very long. <laughs> maybe. All right, so to me, like I think it would behoove everyone if everyone on Legends just went back to the respective shows from which they came, <laughs> and, the, and they just called it quits. I don't know. There is still some. There are some real upsides to Legends, but I guess that's. I guess that's for next week when we review the season as yeah. it as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Disney could own part of Batman 66 pretty soon. Uh, as part of the previously mentioned Fox-Disney merger, we may have an unexpected consequence for a beloved property. God, I can't believe that Di- that Fox-Disney merger is actually happening. Oh, Comcast they, they dropped out, was, by the way. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. That's I saw the last they, they, other they, suitor. It's, they, del- they said it wasn't happening, and now it's happening. It, yeah, it <sighs> went from there's no way to, yeah, we're definitely not, to there's no one else in the game. Fox wants to sell... Disney's yeah, there saying, yeah. we got you, and we're just going to work yeah, out people, some details. And people like, are freaking out. Oh, what's going to suck about for Fox is, like, Comcast was the last thing that gave them leverage. They, like, right now, they're just battling for whatever they already had on paper. Yeah. Now, uh, as noted by Comic Book Resources, 20th Century Fox Television still owns the rights to Batman 66. Back when it was national periodical publications, the TV rights to Batman were sold to ABC for a mere seven grand. ABC later sent the rights to uh, onto the 20th Century Fox, who in turn produced Batman 66. Looks like if the merger goes through, the mouse will own part of the Batman universe. 
If you're wondering what this may mean for Gotham, which airs on Fox, it means very little. The uh, show airs there, but it's 100% owned and operated by Warner Brothers. So if the mouse in the house proves to be a problem, they can just scoot on over to another channel if, the, uh, if another channel will have them. Uh, except right. for ABC, one would guess, since they're already a Disney company. Um, now, while we're talking about it, you know, a lot of people are complaining about this monopoly, like Disney owning Fox and everything. How it's bad for films, it's bad for creativity. Uh, I don't see it that way. I, um, I really don't. I feel like Disney has given freedom to everything it owns and has made it better. Like, I honestly do. I don't know about all of the, uh, you know, I, I'm just looking at how, as a viewer, looking at, you know, the different, uh, films and, and what are they the own and how has it affected you? Yeah, the the IP, pretty much whether they own, how has it affected me, and how it has affected the IPs they now own. Star Wars has gotten better. Marvel has gotten better. I'm not seeing a problem, cats. I just really don't. I Fox, the only thing I've seen that the superheroes might actually get to be in a shared universe with the MCU, which is fine. It's which, what, something I've wanted for a long time. Ryan Reynolds is vocally super happy about. Well, you know, I everyone's like worried, like, oh, Deadpool won't be rated R. Well, so what? His comic book wasn't. <laughs> his com- they bleeped it they bleeped him out as much as you could bleep anything out in a comic book yeah and you know all you got to do is throw in some jokes about how like some fourth wall jokes from deadpool about how disney owns owns him now and he can't say certain things anymore i mean th- it it's w- still it, deadpool yeah it would get there but i don't think you have to do that to like just because you're a disney property does not mean you're not rated r right I mean, all of the Netflix stuff has been a rented Disney property. Well, okay, well, okay, but when you look at uh, the, the blood look flow at, say, in that, and any of those shows was in the gallons. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it. There's no reason to think this is necessarily the end of the world. I do agree with, with what you're saying. Like, there's no reason to think that just because Disney owns it, it turns into a pile of crap. Mm-hmm. No reason whatsoever to think that's a thing. Like, there are which some, people have been saying that about Marvel for years, and I'm. I don't understand. Like, it doesn't, it has not changed. Like, to me, it it just looks like they have more money to do cooler stuff. Yeah. That's all it's looked like to me. I haven't noticed any sizable shift in in creativity at all. No, I I think there's also something that, like, well, like I mentioned earlier, the the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool stratagem. Keep it cheap. Mm -hmm. No one pays attention. We make the movie we want. Well, Mm -hmm. with Disney, the umbrella of what's cheap expands into the portions of a billion dollars. Uh huh. A you know five hundred million like, dollar Disney film is, you know what? Let's let the creator do what he thinks is is right here. Whereas, like a five hundred million dollar Warner Brothers film is, we're going to send in thirty two lawyers to make sure this is going the way we think. Right. I think this, you know, it's important to note that I don't see like Star Wars is better than it has been in years, just decades. Like those prequels were awful. Force Awakens. I'm sorry, man. It was good. It was really good. Like I hear great things about Rogue One. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I will this weekend. I don't know. No, that's not I, true. I got not this weekend. I have plans, but I will soon. I might soon. Yeah, I'll see. I, uh, I'll see Star Wars within the next two weeks. I mean, I'll get around to it. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. I think they'll still call it 20th Century Fox. Like I think that's too much of a. You know, they still say Lucasfilm. In front of yeah. the Star Wars movies, they still do all that. Is I, I don't have a problem. I don't. I just don't understand. Like I think it'll they'll operate it separately. They'll take what they want from it, which is probably going to be the Fantastic Four and the X Men. 
do what they want, and uh, I don't know. I don't have a problem. I just don't care. Yeah. Oh, the the neat thing to me is like it feels like it opens. I'm up, excited even. It feels like it opens up a lot of avenues for for them for um, they have so much power in terms of distribution that they uh-huh. can start dictating terms. Oh yeah, that's the problem. That's the, my main problem with Disney though is that like they can put it on their streaming service, so we can never see it again. They could say like they could do that crap like they do with the the proper Disney movies where there's like oh this is going to be limited for uh, this is going to be available for a limited time if you don't buy it guess what we're we're just going to stop printing it oh absolutely um, but like, it, there's a trade off like on the one hand they can't be lobbied they're going to do the uh-huh. thing they feel like doing and in, yeah that's all there is to it and they can like their leverage is look if you don't want to distribute this movie for us that's fine we can literally send it straight to our website and it'll still be watched by millions of people we don't care uh-huh which in a way is kind of the new age uh, like you got to give yeah. you got to give the mouse credit they've always been on top of their shit yeah they're uh, not you know, going to drown under these new restrictions of streaming they 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 always figure a way and this is just like another iteration of them figuring a way into the next god how many years yeah. this will save them a couple decades I'm pretty excited about the deal. I'm sorry. I know I've got people on both sides of the sp- of the aisle. You know, I've got both liberal and conservative people telling me like, "No, here's why you shouldn't be excited. You're ignorant and blah blah." I don't care. I want to see Wolverine with with the with the Avengers. I don't care. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't care. Disney can buy Warner Brothers. I don't care. Let's just see this happen. I don't care. Whatever. And I don't want to sound myopic and say like, "Oh, that's the reason they're buying it." It's not. There's plenty of no. plenty of uh, purely business concerns, but yeah, it's part of the equation. It's part of the equation. Yeah, I'm, they know they can get those I, properties know. and probably pick them up and, and incorporate them and make some boo koodles of dollars. Because and, you know, sadly, like, we're I talking was, about uh, a company that's that's like going into phase four. Is that right? And yeah, are you thinking about like phase that. five, six, and seven? Sure. They have no. Intention I mean, they've of got. They've, yeah, they have twenty movies planned out after Infinity. The, the Avengers four, as I understand it. Oh yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Andy uh, DeGenova of Holy Batcast, and I was like, you know, off the top of my head, as I, you know, in all honesty, like, I'm, you know, I'm busy right now in my life. I'm doing this <laughs> podcast, and there's a wedding ensuing, and all sorts of things that come along with that. So, did you do the thing I where you were like, exactly. how much should I care about this? Yeah, basically. I was like, I can't think of anything other than comic book movies that 20th Century Fox has actually released in the last few years. And then they, Andy was like, oh, they've released all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, those are some big titles. I just didn't realize it was them. I'm sorry, whatever. But, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I don't care. No. I don't, whatever. I mean, I think, I don't think Disney will stop them from doing that. I think they'll probably keep Fox as a separate entity to some degree take you know what they want and they'll probably wind up making fox more of a like uh lower tier uh indie house is what i would assume but that's fine i don't I care well, honestly no I, like this is a like a basic consideration for me um uh-huh. are you buying a property that needs fixing or is already in decent shape you yeah. you wouldn't spend this money if it if it needed fixing like the only reason you would spend that money if it needed fixing is if it was competing with you in some way that was actually hurting you it's not uh-huh. it's just a thing that's out there it's not really hurting them that badly they're, they're not buying something because it's i think they're buying them because they're weak and they can i don't think they're buying yeah. them because I'm, they're going to turn this whole thing around and and turn this property into something that isn't hurting their numbers they're just going to buy it, let thing it is, go about its day my favorite thing about this and by favorite i mean 
most, most despised thing. Oh, okay. Or the most amusing. Most mm-hmm. despised or most amusing. Sometimes they're the same. <laughs> and in this case, I think it's true. Yeah. Um, everyone's making Disney out to be the bad guy. Like, Disney is coming in like, oh, we're going to make you merge. And I'm like, dude, they couldn't do that if Fox wasn't willing to sell. Like, Fox wants to sell. <laughs> like, Fox wants to get rid of this. That's that's how it looks to me. Is Fox looks like it. <laughs> it, it Fox look like it, it looks like it said, "What do you got?" And this is what they've got. I mean, I feel like we've been on about this for a minute. What were we doing TV? Yeah, we were doing TV. I'm sorry. We did when you brought it up with the Batman sixty six stuff. That was my bad. <laughs> well, but we, we haven't should, talked about it. I mean, we've explored you know, it's that. Been, I guess now it's been talked about. Yeah, it's been talked about for weeks. We haven't touched it. It was time. Yeah, yeah, we got going that over to Legends. Now. Yeah, yeah. Legends is Just edging after a while, Supergirl. I was like, Wait a second, don't we do a podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Legends is editing, <laughs> ed- editing, edging Supergirl <laughs> out for a few weeks uh, when it returns from hiatus. This is the new calendar, as it has been described so far. January fifteenth, twenty second, twenty ninth, and February fifth will be a short return. For Supergirl in its normal Monday night time slot. At that point, Legends will return on February 12th and air straight through the remainder of the season, which the best current information says will wrap on April 9th. At that point, Supergirl returns triumphantly on April 16th to run straight through the remainder of the season, which would push its finale all the way back to June 18th. No idea what this means for the viability of either of these shows in the future, but at least viewers can count on four straight months of new content. Um, okay, sticking with the theme of, of this uh, episode for us, Uh huh. did you see how many qualifiers I threw in that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's basically like, okay, this is what they said. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I, I think within two or three years, within three years, we will have content all year round. We won't. We won't have any kind of break on on televised content. It's possible, but it, all right. In all fairness to that schedule, I I checked with several sources, and everything everything I found one hundred percent agrees with what they've just said. Yeah. So that really does look like it's what's happening. Uh-huh. Second thing is like, dude, have you ever seen a show air its finale in mid June? Not one that was going to stick around. I've never seen that. I mean, that's usually when, like, networks burn off extra episodes of, that they just like, have to air. like, shows, even, that they just yeah. had sitting around. I'm not sure if this looks bad for Legends of Tomorrow or Supergirl. I think both. Honestly, I think both. Which is confusing, because Supergirl <laughs> has objectively better ratings than Legends. Like, by 20-25%. I think it might be that they trust Supergirl enough that they think, oh, we'll we'll get through it with Supergirl, but we got to burn off Legends right now. Maybe. I think part of their consideration was we're going to promise them that every single week they tune in. If they go with us, they're going to get a new episode. But mm-hmm. it's still like you're or this you're might missing be... May on both of these. Like you're you're ending one in April. And you're ending yeah. one in June. You're missing May sweeps either way. I, 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 the, it's a very confusing schedule. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Just never. Yeah. I don't know anything else about sports, so I might be misconstruing the phrase. But from context clues, I would, I, I'm, I would say that, and you can tell me whether or not I'm wrong. Obviously, this uh-huh. feels like a, uh, 
it might be a sort of a Hail Mary pass. Is that wrong? Yeah. I feel like Hail Mary for <laughs> Legends. Yeah. Like, we're, like, it's not doing good in this current time slot. Like, Let's try to throw in a Supergirl time slot and try to get people invested. And shove everything in there. You know, like, Hail Mary is generally just the metaphor for we're going to throw everything at it and hope it works. Whereas, yeah. like, Supergirl, I don't feel like Hail Mary is the right play for what you're describing. It wouldn't be super for Supergirl. It would be for Legends. But Legends. Like, I think uh, they probably think... have enough faith in Supergirl to keep it going, but not Legends. It does feel Legends like Legends has, across of... the board, like, the lowest ratings of all of them. Yeah. Actually, uh, if we're keeping with football, like, if Legends is... If Legends is a Hail Mary, being like, okay, we're going to run this thing, we're going to do it every single week, you've got a new episode, and, and just, just stick with us and we've got you. Uh-huh. Which does a little bit feel like what's happening. If that's the case, then in Supergirl's case, it's it's kind of like a, we can be a little weird here in the middle. We're going to run some jet sweeps. We're going to run maybe a, a, you know, a little receiver action kind of. We're going to get a little creative. Maybe let a receiver throw uh-huh. past. Um, hell, we might go for a flea flicker. flicker. But uh, for Supergirl, it feels like it's kind of like a run it up the middle. Mm. Like we, we know we can just run up the A and B gap all day kind of thing. And I feel like that's the confidence yeah. you'd have to have to be like, no, we're gonna we're gonna air the finale in middle of June, <laughs> when all of you have forgotten that TV exists. Right. They gotta do something. They got Black Lightning now. I mean, they do, but in the same sense that I watch iZombie every year happily in mm-hmm. its mid-season replacement form. Right. And it has never done this to me. That's weird. Don't know what to do with it though. Yeah. That's all I really don't. I don't know. Completely new playbook for me. I have no idea. Uh, I'll watch it and I'll go okay until they they cancel it. And I, then I, I'm all depending I can, on what they cancel. I may go yay. Yeah. All I can tell you, uh, anyone with any certainty is that in April we'll get with you about a Legends, either season or series finale review. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of June we'll do the same about Supergirl. Yep. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. So Titans. Uh, casting call suggests Wonder Girl. The latest Titans casting call says uh, is Ruth Gibbs, female, twenties, Caucasian or Latina or Middle Eastern or ethnically ambiguous. Uh, confident and kick-ass, educated, recurring guest star this season with an option for series regular next season. Probably Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. That's what I thought when I read it. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm eighty percent aligned with the internet. Of course, it could be somebody else, but yeah, that does yeah, sound very could be. Donna. Yeah. Uh, Guggenheim was recently asked who he's looking forward to putting into Arrow, and as as he said before, I've made no secret for the fact one day I would love to see the question on Arrow. I think the question is just tailor-made for Arrow. I've always felt that. Well, we we do too, man. Completely agree. What's the holdup? Please make this happen as soon as humanly possible. It's been three years we've been doing this stupid show (laughs) and asking for the question. On that show, in particular. And he... Yeah, and he keeps at, he keeps saying like I'd love to do the question. Why the hell do you? What are you doing, man? And he better have a blue coat. He better have a blue coat. <laughs> I'd be really curious about how they do the face. I'd love to see it though. God, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Uh, and Guggenheim was asked whether fans could ever expect to see the live action Ray show up again. He says, "Well, the Earth X Ray, no." Did we see the Earth X-Ray? I didn't think we'd seen the Earth X-Ray anyway. Oh, um, I had to look into that, and as far as I understand, and I have not gotten to see Freedom Fighters The Ray, oh, the proper CWC show. But, if I understand correctly, the Earth X-Ray 
somehow happens upon the Earth One, uh, what's his name, Russell Tovey's civilian character, and uh, imbues him with his powers. Oh, interesting. As he's dying. He says, the Earth One Ray, who you met in the crossover, absolutely. The only two things that we need to see the Ray in live action again are a great story and Russell's availability. We get those two things and you'll absolutely see, see him again. We certainly would hope to. And, and Russell Tovey's in Quantico right now, so it's kind of, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, the entire animated Freedom Fighters, the Ray, all six episodes are available for free on the CWC. My guess is, much in the same way they did Vixen, they'll release a the Ray Freedom Fighters movie, which will include probably 15, 20 more minutes. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, though. I so. I really will watch that like this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll do a, a little review and stuff for you guys. Just a matter of having gotten around to that one. But oh man, yep. I l- I really loved that uh, that character. Yeah, he was cool. Uh, now, Guggenheim at the same DCTV panel during ACE, uh, ACE Comic-Con in Long Island was talking about uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. A fan asked if they would consider doing uh, doing those two since Cord Industries has been mentioned on several occasions. Guggenheim said, I will say both those characters are characters we've talked about. Originally, Ray Palmer, who was introduced on Arrow, he was supposed to be Ted Cord and went another way. We knew that. So, you know, Booster and Blue Beetle, all the B characters really, were always talking about, but nothing I can announce or speak to at the moment, which is interesting phraseology. <laughs> I'm always happy. I'm always, the ha- you know, I'm. that was something I added to the TV section. I didn't know if you'd even seen it, but I'm always excited when he says something about Booster and, and, and Blue Beetle. I, and, I had uh, seen it, but I'll, I, uh, I kind of always thought... hoping. Honestly, I kind of thought, oh, you cocktees, you mentioned this like once every six months. <laughs> I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it alive. I'm gonna keep hope alive, man. Fair enough. I thought the same thing, but I'm like, oh, but he, he kind of acted like it might happen. So, well, you know, I have, we haven't heard a lot from. They're talking about Blandy doing like a movie of Booster and, and Blue Beetle. And yeah, but then we you haven't heard anything that about that with in a the long whole time. DC slate that apparently came out today, and there's no, yeah, I don't know. It might be open again. Even Jeff Johns has hinted, like, eh, I don't know where the character's <laughs> going right now. Uh, so, yeah, at the, same, at the same event, though, a fan brought up uh, Bruce Wayne on Arrow and wondered if there could be a crossover between Arrowverse and the Titans. And up until now, we've always heard no. But he says, great question, again, above my pay grade. I will say this, the one thing I've learned is never say never. I cannot begin to tell you how often we say that to each other. We never thought any of this was going to happen. We never thought we'd see any of these characters. We never thought there'd be a universe. So never say never, but in terms of which characters be on which shows, that's part of the universe above my pay grade, and probably that's a good thing. Yeah, I would probably say so. I'd say it's a good thing. Googs. That, that was but, another uh, one where I, I saw that and thought, <laughs> yeah, it's Guggenheim. That is Guggenheim. That's absolutely Guggenheim. But again, I feel like it's important because I've seen a lot of people out there on Twitter saying like, oh, they've, they've officially said it's not going to be part of it. It could be a different universe. It really could. we got people who just have a little device they can hop over because of Cisco. Uh, yeah. I, I, you, you can hand these things out like they're clickers. I, 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 I mean, it's basically a device, <laughs> like a universal pager. I, I, yeah. I don't... Nothing is beyond comprehension, but... Guggenheim mm-hmm. just saying it's above my pay grade and I don't know is just like that's all I actually take away from it is him saying I don't know and moving on yeah yeah I don't know maybe maybe not who knows I just feel I, teased uh, just feel teased did you uh, speaking of that they put out this new Krypton trailer did you feel like it would just look like Blade Runner meets Tron 
<laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still trying so hard to be interested in this thing. I want to. It's just that I feel like I'm being asked to be interested in a thing that's already happened. As though it's about to happen. Yeah, I feel like people just keep they just keep releasing like the trailers of the old David E. Kelly Wonder Woman movie with like or Wonder Woman show with the Adrian uh Padalecki or whatever her name is from Shield and going like, Ah, what do you think of this? How about this recut of the trailer? And I'm like, I you're still not even giving me a release date. No, no, that's that's not gonna work. Also, like I I was super annoyed by the fact that this is A not that much new footage. It's only a twenty second no. thing. Not a lot of new footage. Because you can't have a no. lot of new footage in 20 seconds. If the whole thing is new footage, you still didn't show me anything. You yeah. didn't reveal that much about the story that hasn't been released in... Actually, you didn't reveal anything about the story that hasn't been released in press releases. Or comments from producers or something like that. This is yeah. a teaser trailer. And I'm so bored with teaser trailers at this point. Like, it, yeah. I, don't just just don't. Just forgo that. It, like, release a real trailer, you dicks. Just actually release a real thing. <laughs> like, wait, and then give me a real thing. Uh-huh. Like, a real two and a half minutes of an actual thing that I'm going to watch. I think every four or five months they have to, like, release a teaser trailer to remind us that it's a thing that's still happening. No, you don't. They, like, Save Sci-Fi Channel, all I don't feel like... that money and just, like, give me a lead up in the then two and a half, three months before you actually do a thing. And then give me all the trailers. <sighs> I don't, I I don't need a years. teaser six months out or eight months out or... God, it's been... Well, it probably was about eight months out before I saw the first Krypton teaser, and I was like, okay, great. So you you know how to make the shield in After Effects. Yeah. So that's fantastic. I mean, the only thing that I can surmise that would be good about keeping keep waiting is that David Goyer is working on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe now, so he can stay away from Green Arrow Core and Firmly <laughs> away from anything you might conceivably <laughs> care about. <coughs> you know, um... So, fingers crossed, even though he'll probably make a, like a gritty urban version of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is exactly the not the thing that I want for that. Don't care. Like, on, we, I do I, not care about that uh, one. Please exhaust all of your resources on that one. Uh, That's my hope. You know, I don't have a lot of care for it, but I did grow up watching it when I was a kid. And, I did too, you know, but like, there are things I care about. And that, is, eh, that was one of the ones I didn't care yeah. about. I mean, I'm okay with it being the sacrificial lamb. That's, yes. <laughs> yes. Even though, if it were up to me, I would just, like, put David Goyer out of work for good forever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on to some feedback we got from Lee Mansell, or Mansell over on uh, Facebook. It says, as for the timeline, because we had a question. We didn't understand when the thinker transferred his mind over to uh, Brainstorm, over on The Flash. And, uh... He says, as for the timeline, when the Thinker took over Brainstorm, I think it happens when Brainstorm was on his way to the Christmas party. As for Thinker crashing into the water, I believe it was a decoy or a fake Thinker that his wife was controlling by remote control. You know, I didn't have an idea that it was a decoy. I just thought she probably dragged him out. <laughs> it, but it, but it whatever. can't be... It's still very confusing. Or maybe she just has a separate chair. She just pulled him out of the chair and put him in the other chair. I don't, I don't That's know. kind of the part. Like they also have it this. Is they also have this like close-up shot of him going into the water and being. I don't know. I remember a faraway shot of him hitting the water. Oh, he's definitely. I don't remember a close-up. I remember a, a close-up shot of him going down. Like he's he's clearly aggravated by the circumstances that surround him. Uh huh. 
So I, I, I don't know. All of that's all of that's entirely possible. Like I, my favorite version of the timeline right now was that after uh, or before the Christmas party, we have the changeover. But I'm also devious about that because it's uh, Amionette that slams his head into the car door and uh-huh. kidnaps him. And by that point, she's already been taken out. I, I'm mm-hmm. very confused. I yeah, uh, um, I don't know what the hell's happening. Very confused. <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't know. Like I. I I watched the thing. I don't understand what's happening there. I thought she was taken out. But then again, I also am very confused by the fact that I'm pretty sure Katie Sackhoff is a good actress, and I don't understand what she's doing here and why she's acting the way she is. I, I, fair, but a different consideration entirely. I, I, um... I'm i just saying, I think the, the Flash has entered sort of like the expanse from Star Trek Enterprise Season 3 where like the laws of physics don't work like they're supposed mm-hmm. to, and no one knows why. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that. It's just like no, well, that the story is supposed to make sense. Interesting it's the flash. way to go with it. <laughs> this just feels like a what? Hold on now. What the hell happened? It, like yeah. it feels like we should have a segment that's almost uh, like it, it. We just do like a general TV segment that's um just labeled. Hold on a second. What the fuck was that? Right. I'm down for that segment. <laughs> <laughs> This would be my my installment of that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all we got for the show, man. Do you have anything else? I, I do not. You do not. I do not. You promise? No, but I'm willing to commit to it. Okay. I don't know what the difference. I didn't have in anything in mind, are, but yeah. You know. I you know I don't know. Yeah. But I'll go with it. All right, all right, guys. We will be back. Uh, a little later in the week with, or next week, whatever you want to say. Um, before the week is up, we'll be uh, back with reviews of the Lucifer mid-season finale and the Legends of Tomorrow mid-season finale. Hopefully starring Constantine. Yeah. And then, depending on how much news there is, we might have a news episode. Like, it's been kind of light. Honestly, between that and the holidays, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a hard time to promise a news episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what we can do. They will be happening periodically, not too far from one another mm-hmm. in, the, yeah. in the near You'll future. You'll get plenty of DC on screen. You'll be sick of hearing us, I swear. Um. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> we'll be here ad nauseum at your request. Yeah. Again, if you want to talk to us, like me personally, I'm at David C. Robertson on Twitter. and uh, But the show is at DC on screen. I'm usually the cat that's operating that as well, though uh, Jason is now popping in from time to time and uh over on facebook just facebook's way better yeah over on facebook well it's it's a different thing man for me it's better for me it's better for me uh over on yeah jason's over on facebook you want to talk to jason primarily you can pop over and talk to him facebook.com forward slash uh dc on screen though from time to time i pop in there and i don't understand what the hell's going on over there like it's like <laughs> they're telling, they're showing me like posts that people have posted on the page. They're showing me like direct messages. They're showing me like comments from Instagram. I'm like, what the hell is even happening? Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite part of what's happened recently on uh, Facebook was like, I, I think it was a Jonathan Lynette post from a while back. Uh huh. That uh, uh, me, you, and Christian. Oh yeah, we have a Facebook group over there. Yeah. 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 And I got confused as crap. Oh, this is my favorite part about this. Is it's this is a conversation between me, you, 
Jonathan Lynette, Christian Fuentes, all people that we have a continuing dialogue with for a long time. Uh huh. Me and you, obviously. Mm hmm. In a private group that is only populated by people who both listen to this podcast and give a damn about the DC on screen properties. Uh huh. And in this one thread, this is how divisive things are now. We're all talking about. It, it, like it started with Lynette's uh, mention about like a Joker standalone thing, but that wasn't connected to the DCU. But like we're all uh-huh. talking about it, and all four of us can't quite decide which part of what's happening we can't agree with. <laughs> and I, I like I looked over it this afternoon. It was like we're having four different conversations. None of us actually agree on exactly the thing that we're disagreeing with. Uh-huh. This is absurd. Yeah. A little bit. We live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy world. Absolutely. Or as Tears for Fears might put it, it's a mad world. <laughs> mad world. See, I was trying to accidentally. Steered away from the 80s? Accidentally, mind you. But I was trying to like book in with a recap about a previous discussion we had from another episode. And you're like, nope, more bad songs. That is not a bad song. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Let's put this to rest Ed and have Rolls that conversation is a fantastic later. Song. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, man. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. All right, you can email us at dconscreen at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the song Mad World, even if it's just the Gary Jules version from Donnie Darko, let us know. Even just harass me. Whatever. <laughs> or you can leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And, uh... We will see you next week, guys. Keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David Z. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Geico presents Motorcycle Word of the Day. Today's word is gremlin. Is a gremlin an unknown and persistent mechanical issue? Or is it something large that gets caught in your teeth when you ride with your mouth open? As in... Man, I gotta stop singing 80s power ballads when I ride. Ugh, keep getting gremlins in my teeth. See? Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.